Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 435 of Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a crit- critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I'm your host today, Chris DeHoog, and I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there, Chris. And Jordan Biardi. Hello, hello. How are we doing again, Jens? Another uh, another three-man crew. Yeah, um, a bit chilly today because we finally got some winter weather, you know, after like the 15 or so degrees like this week. So that's neat, I guess. Still might be warm for Christmas too, so it might not Yeah, be I know. It's real strange. <laughs> Gotta love that first snow of the season where no one knows how to drive anymore. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it was a lot of snow at once. We are supposed to get snow on Saturday, so... Yay! Fingers crossed. Uh, we weren't here the other day, but who knows? But uh, yeah, it is our last episode of 2023, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, we thought we'd take a look back at the year that was, um, two main areas. Uh, mm-hmm. So we at CG Mag are currently working on our own game of the year highlights. Um, we haven't finished our voting as of this recording. We might have by the time this, uh, this episode goes live. I'm not sure. But um, who can say? Keep an eye on the website for the final verdict on that. It's going to be interesting. A lot of publications are publishing theirs now, and uh, I'm surprised by some of the outcomes. I got to say. Um, yeah, me too. To be honest, but we're not here to talk about other people's uh, decisions. We're here to talk about ours. So I thought we'd start off by talking about our personal uh, game of the years. Uh, quite a year for game software. <laughs> it was uh, a big year. Yeah. To say the gotta, least. <laughs> gotta add that caveat though of software because everyone's saying great year for games. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely an odd uh, odd way to say it for sure. Especially uh, you know, as of today, like they were recording the big Insomniac League is taking the internet by storm <laughs> with pe- developers' yeah. personal information <laughs> sold on online for yeah, it's uh, yeah, real it's, depressing. This, but, this uh, definitely wasn't a great year for, for games, quote-unquote. No, I don't think it was. It was a very odd year for that way. The products were great. The conditions, yeah. less. <laughs> depressing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with that caveat out of the way, uh, yeah, let's, who, wants to, who wants to go first with their pick for game of the year? Should we Rochambeau or something? Or? Um, I think we'll let, let the big man himself go. No, 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 no. I feel that uh, let's make Jordan go first because I decided it at this moment. <laughs> oh, Big man, you guys already know the answer to this. It's so it's so obvious. <laughs> I missed the previous game of the year conversation, so I actually don't know, but I have a feeling it's. Oh, you, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. You weren't. Oh, that's right. You weren't there for that. Uh, it's Mario Wonder. Yeah. Okay. I had a feeling. That makes sense, actually. You know, and yeah, just just to I guess for for Chris's sake. <laughs> to to reiterate on on some of my points that we you know we talked about at the on the the VGA episode, hmm. it really just was like it it was the standout for me. Like you know I've been I've been having a lot of fun you know with a lot of games, um, but like even just like like looking back on some of this like the bigger stuff like you know Final Fantasy sixteen was great, but it was an investment and i think i like just made it to act two okay um the part uh after like you know uh clive like moves to the new continent and gets his brand burned off what would you Mm -hmm. what would you say what part of the of the game that is like the first like like, well the first time skip is like percent oh okay with the brand yeah no that's uh Probably like a I don't, third I don't want to say in. the actual like <laughs> I was gonna say I don't want to say the actual like signifying moment of um, yeah it it's that's probably about like a third of the way in yeah yeah okay so there you go so I, I'm a third of the way in at least and like I'm you know it's it's like I gotta make myself want to pick it back up you know what I hmm. mean and uh, but like wonder wonder like captivated me from start to finish like even like you know day to day i'll pick it up and just play a level or two just just because it's like just just fun like it's just super enjoyable like everything it did for like like creativity the way it like expanded um the like gameplay in in like the in the mario franchise it's like sort of like um i guess i guess we call it asymmetric multiplayer or not asymmetric um okay 
what's the term for that? The thing that like that Dark Souls does. Is there a term for that? Uh, asymmetric Okay. I thought asymmetric multiplayer was what like Friday the Thirteenth and Dead by Daylight does. That's what I thought too, but I mean, it's kind of uh, I think it's gray area, isn't it? Asymmetric is not real time. No, oh, weird. I honestly always thought that it was asymmetric was like the the the, the Friday the Thirteenth model. Okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, but I guess that doesn't even fit for uh, for Mario anyway because it is real time. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> we're getting <laughs> definitely off. are. You know. Let's just call it Dark Souls style multiplayer. Um, okay. You know the way that the way that it encourages you to like have fun, to to work together, to like be kind. Uh, <laughs> just really just makes it like always an enjoyable experience. Um, and yeah, like that's why like for, to, it was the real like real big standout for me. And I and I've recently just been like playing Street Fighter Six like nonstop. And I like that game is good, really very good. It, but. Oh my god! I actually, so I actually just good. picked it up today. I haven't actually booted it oh, up yet. I just so good. It, so I'm very curious. <laughs> it's so. It is good indeed quite it's, good. Oh my god! See, and, I'm not uh, even like a huge Street Fighter fan, like overall. But I, yeah, I had got a good deal and curious to get the best of me. So, well, I, I'll say as someone, someone who grew up, like one of the few games I had on Super mm-hmm. Nintendo was Super Street Fighter Two. Uh, we so I did used to play it a lot. Like like I've I've always kind of like I have always enjoyed Street Fighter, but like it is definitely difficult to get into. Um, oh, how so? Just well, be just be like in the way that it's uh, the way it plays on a very technical level is like very hard to. It's it's definitely not one of those games that's like easy to pick up, difficult to master. It is hard to pick up. Um, okay. And like even even kind of like going back and playing uh, like Super Street Fighter Two on the on the SNES, there was a certain technicality to it where you can't really just can't just jump in and, and mash buttons in that way, and need, really needing to like know all the different like combinations to do mm-hmm. super moves and stuff. Like it does get it's, it is very taxing. So yeah, like you know if if someone like like Chris who's not like who was never really big on it. The way that they made it so easy to jump into it, put on the modern controls, and just and more or less just play it like it's Smash Bros. Um, like you can you can really have a lot of fun uh, playing it, and just and even just stick to those controls and still have a good time. I actually just recently like kind of moved from the modern controls to the classic controls, just because the game was so good at easing me into that experience okay. and sort of making me want to like start playing my character because I always play as Chun Li. Like with a lot more like depth and complexity in the in her range of moves, right? Mm. Right. But it, yeah, it's, it's so I mean, good that way. I've always uh, like I like two. Two's like the one I like. Uh, mm-hmm. The last one I played was four, and like I kind of got tired of it by the time you know the final boss kept hammering me. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. super cheese, and yeah, I haven't really felt compelled to go back. I like the characters through crossovers, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm oh, really yeah. curious to see what they think of the main game. But uh, anyways, we're getting <laughs> no. Uh, I guess it's like a follow up for you, I suppose. So yeah, it counts. So that's my second place. <laughs> my second place in all my Street Fighter Six. Um, I'll I'll go second then. Um, go for it. <laughs> you guys can probably guess, even that wasn't on the last game of your conversation preliminary. But uh, Final Fantasy 16, I think, takes yeah. the cake for me. Um, I'm very torn on it, though. Like, I'm not a hundred percent. I mean, it's like it's winning, but like the margin mm-hmm. is close. Like, Tears the Why Kingdom so was. Uh, Tears the Kingdom. Right? So Tears the Kingdom and 16 uh, both do things that I love incredibly well. Like, right. Tears of the Kingdom, I've not had that kind of pure, fun discovery experience for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. it was that kind of thing where, like, I didn't go, I didn't check any guides for the longest time. I just kind of just messed around and explored. And when you go through and play that old-fashioned way, it is one of the most pure, fun experiences, just mucking around, right? right. Um, yeah. It is very similar to Breath of the Wild. A lot of people uh, said that, too. I, I, I don't think it's fair to call it, like, DLC... It may have started out that way as like a design stage, but it's very much its own thing. Yeah. And they did a lot of bold things that, you know, go above and beyond. So I think it's a bit reductive to some of the things people are saying about it. But it's, it's Miles Morales. It's it's two, it's Breath of the Wild 1.5. Okay. It's Miles Morales if it was like incredibly <laughs> long and deep. Miles Morales is a fun if it tight had experience. Gary's mod. But yeah, it's like super short. <laughs> I plotted that game this year, and yeah, it is. It is very short. Um, 
but yeah, no, I 16 was like I spent 60 hours on it or more actually, I think, by the time I finished. Right. And so I'll finish the first playthrough. And it was like a day or two before you know the embargo was up and like a week before mm-hmm. people were playing it. And I was just kind of absorbing it all for like that week and like dwelling on the outcome. And I haven't felt, I mean, anyone who's listened to the show knows that Font Fantasy is like near and dear to my heart. And mm-hmm. I have not felt this strongly about one of them since like 10, which came out 22 years ago. Damn. <laughs> like it's the most solid story experience, I think, mm-hmm. in, the, in the series since then. And, and, and again, it's getting a lot of not entirely undeserved shade from people who say it doesn't play like a Final Fantasy. It doesn't. It's a very big change in gameplay systems. But I think all but the other works. things that make the series... Yeah, it works. It does its yeah. thing. It, it appeals to a, like a broad range of players because I've seen people who don't like action games loving this game. And I've right. seen people who do love action games eating up the combat system if they really lean into it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it is a very big departure, but all the thematic elements were there stronger than they've been in the last several mm-hmm. online or offline installments of the main series so yeah it takes the cake for me but it was such a contest this year because like until this year i'd never given out a perfect 10 on a game no, and no. i gave i gave three games perfect tens this year and yeah. i would have given tears to the kingdom if i had reviewed that one <laughs> so mm-hmm. um yeah solid cool. games this year and it was really hard to choose it's 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 funny that you say that too because now like thinking about like I you know I I, I try not to hand out tens too too lightly either and wonder for me was the one that was like this is this is my ten of the year like mm-hmm. okay yeah I haven't, I haven't finished wonder actually but because um, I'm playing with my daughter and she kind of got distracted by other things um, so I haven't finished it but like what I've seen is like Chef's Kiss also like it wasn't quite oh, as yeah, high yeah. on my list but wonder um, is fantastic though yeah. Super, super fun game. All right, big uh, man. Oh, me. I guess I'm going now. Um, honestly, it's kind of a toss-up between Baldur's Gate 3 and um, Alan Wake 2. Both really kind of caught my attention. I have not finished both, but that's because I'm way too busy for my own good. I felt both really kind of did brought back franchises that had been laying dormant for a while, I think. Baldur's Gate 3 is probably the, a bit more technically proficient. It does a lot of things that really make it a really exciting game, but you can see how much love that studio put into things. Also, I just want to call out the fact that um, I think Lyrian uh, posted either today or yesterday that a lot of the D&D people that helped that game come to be got fired in the latest round of layoffs at uh, Hasbro. So so that's kind of real bad. The the game that's bringing so much attention to the genre and the people that helped make that a thing got fired in the latest round of layoffs just to make corporate overlords happy. And I feel that is really disappointing. There was an element to it too, I think, of just how long it took to develop. Mm-hmm. And like the people that were in the room however many years ago were just not around to. Plus, I mean, the biggest thing was the layoffs, but yeah, um, it speaks a lot to like how long the game took to cook. Yeah, but also, it was a, yeah, it was a long mean, time. That layoff story is just awful. Um, it is things like this all around lately, and we knew people that are affected. I dealt with some people that I, like I heard were affected. Um, and of course, everyone at CGM, our thoughts go out to you guys. That's such yeah, a like 100%. thing to, to end the year with. So um yeah i've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot too actually and i think the technical aspects of it kind of hold it back for me like some of the some of the problems um like glitches and and things like that um i've also been playing on ps5 okay not as it's it's a better game on 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 pc i'll say um from what i played on pc because i i I did the early access that way okay targeting is a bit cumbersome like there was one point where i was fighting enemies on another side of a doorway and I couldn't bloody well target them for the longest time with a spell. I was oh. kind of targeting the door frame. I was trying to like move my stick enough to get the people instead. It's just okay. little things hold up <laughs> the console version. Glitches like I my, my friend of mine uh, got to the end of the game. Had to right. read the last 40 hours because the romance glitched and they didn't get the right ending. Oh, like, how, does, what, how did that happen? So they had their, I, without, well, I don't haven't beat the game yet, so I don't know the exact context. But basically their romantic interests... They had a conversation like way before the end where they chose mm-hmm. something 
about that person's fate. Right. And then I guess they got to the end of the game and it was like the conversation hadn't happened. Oh. Um, yeah. So it <laughs> just, just life or death situation properly. came out the wrong way. <laughs> um, and I've just heard that people have so many problems with Act 3 in general. I'm still on Act 2. so Yeah, I haven't got Act 3 either. So but, I'm, I'm curious how it all kind of takes place. Yeah, it's just hard for me in a year where you had games that released so well, like Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy yeah. 16. It took a year to polish those. And with all the time that BG3 took in early access, I thought it would be a little more like that. Um, but clearly the polish kind of wore off towards the end because it's such a huge game. Like, it's a hard thing to test. And right. I don't mean this to, sh yeah. like, to sound shade, like, uh, or like, like shade toward the developers. But I was hoping it would launch in a little more technically sound state. Um, yeah. And the fact they didn't have, like, the epilogue stuff in place when they launched until, like, three months after the PC release. I felt like a little bit of a rushed landing, but I mean, it's it's so hard because the game is so massive with so many dialogue options and so much content that it really is hard to say when is it done. When is it done enough to kind of get it out the door? I, I feel mm -hmm. that, especially with a game that is it, it, as we talked about last week, technically Lyrian is a indie studio, as weird as that sounds. So you know. <laughs> there is kind of a finite amount of money they can spend on one property. So eventually they have, they have to get money from it. That's why I did go to early access, which for a game of its quality, I was, that's kind of an odd thing. Mm -hmm. That being said, I'm really unsure at what level you we can expect and what level feature creep kind of gotten to play. When I first saw the game, the scope was not nearly as vast as it is at final release. So I don't know if the team was like, okay, we have a great idea here. Let's go forward with it. Or they kept wanting to add new ideas in just for the amount of people that are really excited for what it was doing up to that point. And I don't know how so much actually, when, feature when, creep. Sorry, sorry. Like, when was the first time you saw it then? Like uh, Before COVID. Okay. So like well before even early access then? Oh yeah. Well before early. Yeah. I think it was a year before early access. So. Oh, wow. Didn't they weren't they talking because I remember they were talking about it too around the same time that they were like kind of hinting at even uh, like Diablo 4, right? Right, uh, it was like before Diablo like 4 was announced to watch, hmm. yeah. So it was, it's been a long, long, long time. <laughs> That's yeah, the early access alone. Like, I first played it like two years ago, I think it was, yeah, like crazy that's been so long cooking but it is so i mean uh, on that front it is just kind of crazy to see how long it took to kind of get out the door but also i, I see what you're saying it does have those downsides that do it does have like it didn't quite launch finish it didn't have that early access period where it was not complete mm -hmm. and that for some people that might kind of take away from the experience and it's like, you know, if they launched it six months later, it would have yeah. been, you know, unequivocal. Like, it would have been a top contender for me, like, even against those two games that I love so much. Yeah. Um, I would have really been contending. Now we can kind of safely say, like, it's amazing. It's yeah. really good. It's just not my, you know, not it's not taking the top of the pile for me. That's fair. I can respect that. Actually, yeah, speaking just, of it's, Diablo. It's on, it's on my backlog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so we don't got time. I'm I'm actually curious to see if they're going to update how much more. Like I haven't heard of how much more they have planned in terms of like updates and expansions and such. Because like there's so much stuff they left on the yeah. table from like larger D and D. Like yeah. a lot of the classes that I like using in the tabletop version of D and D aren't in the game. Like my favorite warlock class is not or subclass isn't in there. Um, so I'd love to see them keep going. Um, like I'd happily short like shell it some cash for an expansion pack if it has more mm -hmm. stuff from like the the tabletop version so um so actually speaking of diablo so many games that like were huge this year and have barely registered like diablo 4 was yeah, not that, for anything that is a thing i was kind of thinking myself um a lot of games launched and diablo is a prime example that everyone was excited about. Everyone was really avid to jump into it. And once it launched, it kind of just 
sat there and people were like, ah, it's fine. Even me, I, I, I loved the game when it launched. I gave it one of our higher scores this year, but I have not gone back to it. I just haven't really felt the need to. And I'm really sad by that because I don't, I don't feel the drive to jump back in. It feels everything they've done has felt kind of a little bit money grabbing. Mm. The seasons and everything. Like Diablo 3 had, it had a rough launch, but it got there and people, it was so easy to kind of say, oh, just jump in. The seasons they're doing are so great. The, all the updates they're doing are great. This one feels like anything they're doing is just kind of a way to draw more money out of you. And that is far less fun to play a game like that. Yeah, really got hit hard by the microtransactions. Again, I haven't actually dabbled into it, but everyone I know that played it at launch had a great time. And then the seasons came around and people were kind of mad about how you had to have separate characters for seasons or something. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not aware of like the technicalities of it, but um, yeah, that really seemed to like draw people hard <laughs> between that and everything going on a blizzard too i mean yeah it's not helpful and like okay hogwarts also another huge game yeah. one of the better selling games of the year but like you don't hear I it was, talked I was, about i was because i was just thinking about that um i was just about to say like it it kind of feels like a year that was capped by like 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 overly hyped games that kind of had like a week of like let's say let's say controversy like quote unquote, okay and then just and then just disappeared because like even like like you look at um um forespoken right right people mm. meet the shit out of out of forespoken and then like after like like a week's time nobody yeah. was talking about it anymore and that same thing same thing with hogwarts like hogwarts was like punctuated pretty hard by pretty legitimate controversy but then yeah. after that kind of came and went everyone just forgot about it and moved on like yeah no it, i agree it the benefit of like of, of the staggered releases because it kind of released in three waves mm -hmm. over the year with like next gen old gen mm -hmm. and then switch um but even though there's like diminishing returns um pretty much across the oh, board um bayonetta three too that was another <laughs> another fun one yeah okay, i mean that, it, was, it was fine there's so much controversy yeah, but, around it. But, but yeah, but exactly everything that mm. happened around it. <laughs> um, yeah, just to kind of run through actually for, for a conversation. Um, our tens of the year went to uh, Baldur's Gate 3, mm -hmm. Diablo 4, uh, Final Fantasy 16, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, uh, Jedi Survivor, Mario brought Brothers Wonder, of course, and uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So pretty much all those have come up in briefly in conversation. Jedi Survivor and Spider-Man 2 being like my fourth and fifth of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quite the list, like looking at our um, our editor's choice list, like all the ones that score 8.5 or, mm -hmm. or more with our reviewers. Um, even like Alan Wake 2 got a 9.5 out of us. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe yeah. that. I believe that just amazing like <laughs> even before we went on the air it was like yeah what oh yeah that happened this year too oh yeah that, mm -hmm. that too um so yeah again to kind of bring it back full circle amazing game for years i wish the year for developers had been as strong yeah me too but, i uh, mean as i said as you were saying earlier it's such a sad time for the industry but such a great time for games because so many good releases came out this year which makes it all the more important that we support the devs who brought us all this great stuff this year. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so that kind of kind of caps our game of the year conversation. So the other uh, big topic today was our favorite, uh, our, our big events or news stories or what have you for the year. Um, we, it's been a good year for us, actually. We've been involved to a lot of, or involved in a lot of cool. We definitely uh, have events especially you know, brandon mm. you and dana have been all over the world literally at this point yeah um, weird how that works eh? <laughs> uh and doing a lot of cool stories meeting a lot of developers and and stuff mm -hmm. like that um so yeah what were kind of some of the highlights uh well maybe perhaps Brandon, you or like you can kick us off on this one because you had like the most there uh what was like your big event of the year I mean, Luca, I think, was really exciting. Uh, being on the ground for that, seeing the amount of excited people at this small, in small, like, walled-in city, 
was exciting. And then the fact that there was almost many people at that event as it was Gamescom is just amazing to see, just to see how many people love this stuff, love the industry, and just want to be part of it, which is something mm -hmm. that it's kind of hard to imagine. A thing that we barely talk about over here, an event that doesn't even come up on most people's radar is massive. And just to see that is just really exciting. And I think the fact that we were part of it is even more exciting. I love I love seeing CGM kind of spread its wings and kind of go to different places that it normally wouldn't. Yeah, when, like when I heard about it from Dana, I was like, that sounds amazing. Why isn't this yeah. bigger than Comic-Con? Like this kind of fantasy setting almost mm -hmm. for, a, for a convention that covers a lot of fantasy stuff. D&D &D in a castle. Uh, with that is really cool. Joe yeah. Manganiello. <laughs> like, how is this not the Comic-Con? That's the thing. It's it's done, created by like the fans, and they're the ones that make it so big. It had major people there. It had a lot of different voices kind of bringing it out there, and it was something that I did not expect to be so big. The rain kind of put a damper on things, literally, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I still think it was fantastic to go to. All right. Uh, yeah, Jordan, what was kind of your big thing of the year? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to travel the world like hmm. some people. <laughs> <laughs> Although, but I, but I did. I mean, I did, I did travel a little bit at least mm -hmm. at the at the beginning of the year, and uh, and I'll be traveling again soon. Um, you will be. Bum, bum, bum. Looking back on this year of ours, um, I think I think one of the best things I've ever done, one of the best things I've ever put my name to, is uh, all the way back in February when I wrote a pretty uh, compelling argument as to why. Link sh uh, should be able to marry a fish. I wanted to. I wanted to say let him let him let okay. him fuck a fish, but because it just sounded better coming out of your mouth. <laughs> but we couldn't run that article <laughs> with that title. The alliteration is not uh, worth the <laughs> ramifications. The, 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 the SEO drop. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yes, the SEO. But, that was the only reason. <laughs> it was very funny to me, and. <laughs> it was I don't know it was just like it was a fun like interesting thing to kind of like look over like look at Zelda and be like you know what they really do like want him to just like marry a fish over like he's always in a relationship with with uh one of the fish ladies like mm -hmm. and they don't downplay it it's, it's out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was one of the takes of the year <laughs> oh yeah no that was yeah. uh some of my best work, I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> we all have passion projects, yeah. I also, you know, but I also got to be a part of a, a, a few cool previews, like you know, getting to see um, Fay Farm like uh, early was 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 cool. Um, and I did a, I did have a lot of fun playing that game. You know, not not nearly as much as Dana did. Right. Um, yeah. But, I also became the weird potion guy for some reason. Looking back at a lot of my articles, there's a lot of potion related <laughs> games. Kind of comes that with the cozy territory course. nowadays, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Potion games became alchemy games so gradually. I didn't even notice. I mean, they were they were really good. Alchemist Simulator was was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Speaking of favorite, I'm actually like, I mean, my, my wife's not a big gamer, but like she kind of played it on Dana's recommendation and got kind of to the point where she's like, if I keep playing this anymore, I'm going to be totally lost to it. I need to stop. Right. <laughs> so enjoyed um, it. Yeah, I loved it, but like got to the point where it was like almost too daunting, like, you know, seeing it when you're sleeping type thing. Oh, God. Um, so. <laughs> so kudos to Faith Farm, one of our one of our uh, big uh, personal favorites of the year, I suppose, mm -hmm. around the offices. It was Canadian too that did that one, so always a bonus of that. Hey, gotta love to yeah, see the sense. the Canadian game industry uh, taking off. That's my point exactly. Um, I my big thing or my big event for the year was one I actually attended. Uh, that would have been the Spider Man Two preview. Um, okay. Sony flew us out to check it out, and uh, I've, it's another thing I'm really 
huge fan of Spider-Man, especially like the, the 2017 game from Insomniac. Right. Um, and again, speaking of the Canadian journalism industry or the Canadian gaming industry, got to meet a lot of uh, great Canadian journalists uh, who you guys have, well, Brendan, you've rubbed shoulders with as well at some other okay. events. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really cool just to, you know, see the game, talk to some of the devs and uh, play it early and just... Again, to talk about the insomnia thing for a second here because it's it's relevant, but like right. the passion for that product or like for that series, that franchise in that room that day of the mm-hmm. preview was palpable. Like oh, there so. were developers melding around, just like just like you know, people would come out of the preview room and say, "Oh, we did this. I saw this thing in the mm-hmm. game. Isn't like that was amazing?" And just the conversations, like it was just so genuine. Um, you know, I've seen some complaints from from fans saying you know didn't do this or that or hated this about that or just understand this thing no like these the developers and something like love what they're doing Mm -hmm. um it came across palpably even just like overhearing conversations throughout the afternoon and stuff like that um so it was really cool to be you know just kind of steeped in that for for like 48 hours as i was on that trip um so yeah uh that was only my second time actually doing something like that in person so again that was right a really cool experience that one being jedi survivor with the uh, you know again flew out to la earlier in the year and saw galaxy's mm-hmm. edge and all that stuff before the preview so um yeah that's kind of my my big thing for the year but uh any other kind of stories that seemed to you know really stuck out on your radars this year like any stories good stories like we've we've had a lot good of good stories i don't know if uh, i i yeah. mm. Yeah, I'm trying to bring some positivity back in because we, we we keep dancing around the negativity a little bit because yeah. it's hard to avoid. I mean, Gonzo uh, being in the Game Awards, just saying, best thing ever. <laughs> Jordan is still doing his victory jig after the death of E3 last week. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> I didn't listen. I didn't. I didn't do a jig because there was nothing to jig to. I knew it. It, it was. It's yeah. bid. I will say. I'll say what I said. Mostly as a joke, but it's real. Okay. E3. Has been dead for years. They finally just closed the casket. Okay. Yeah, it's it's sad to see it go, but yeah, like you said, it hasn't really been itself since even before the pandemic. Um, yeah, no, it was it was, in, it was in decline. I still selfishly wanted to hang around so I could go at least once <laughs> and say I'd been to E3, well, but we've always got Jeff Keeley's Summer Games Fest by Jeff Keeley to look forward to. True, featuring the Muppets. A Hideo Kojima production. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't like news stories. There's there's so much, and so much of it was awful. It's so hard to like look back and and think on like a on a story that really stood out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I was even gonna say, you know, certain things. I cover a lot of stuff for like Wizards of the Coast related stuff for so D and D and and Magic, and I was about to mention, oh yeah, Magic's doing some really cool things with some yeah. extended properties, and then you know there's the shadow hanging over of those lay- layoffs that we mentioned. So, um, yeah. Wizard yeah. of the trying not to be a to be a damper like... on, mm-hmm. trying to end on a more positive note this year, but <laughs> it's, it's tough out there. Oh yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting Dragon Ball Z babies. That's going to be a fun one. Oh, oh okay. yeah, right. You forgot about that, didn't you? <laughs> I they get, did. They get turned into children. Um, but also, it's a sequel. Was, like I don't, I don't understand the timeline it's, it's, on that. Yeah, personally, not a, not a sequel per se, but it's like taking. I guess it's taking place like in the same time frame where, like, uh, I guess it would be like after the Tournament of Power. Okay, uh, sounds very strange. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, what the obsession is with turning them into children that didn't work for GT. Why? Well, well, I guess maybe because Toriyama's involved with this one now, at least. But yeah, well, and there's, I mean, and there's Lego, the Lego of an anime crossing. is well, cause like like or I was gonna say normally the route of an anime goes is they finish the series and then they start like an alternate universe one where they're in high school or something, like Demon yeah. Slayer is currently doing. So yeah. I guess they just took the trend even farther back. <laughs> <laughs> like, to really Muppet Babies it. at all? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like they all still have the same power, right? And this is now they all get to be kids, not just Goku this time. They all get to be kids. Yay! Gotta gotta um, keep making new action figures, I guess. 
like even just like because I'm just I'm just like scrubbing really quickly through our like all our news articles just to see like like what was a was a real standout because even just like off the top of my head I really can't think of anything specifically positive like we like we're trying to be <laughs> yeah um, I mean I feel like we kind of that like genuinely stands out. I mean, Faye Farm is probably one of the bigger stories because uh, that, I, like, like we said, it was a Canadian studio yeah. um, that's doing fairly well for itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, yeah, it's just the nature of the beast. This year was really, like, highlighted by a lot of bullshit. Like, Oh, yeah, a lot of it, without question. It, it was... It was just like i don't know if it was rougher than most but it's it was certainly mm-hmm. incredibly rough oh it was definitely rough i 100% agree with that i don't know chris can you think can you honestly think of anything like what was i, really I am good i am racking my brain i i there had to be good things, right? There had to be. Pizza um, Tower came out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh... People really seem to like it. Yeah, fair. Kojima. Is that a good yeah, thing? Yeah, Kojima happened. Yeah. yeah. We thought about Starfield immediately after it came out. And... Todd Howard looked really sad at the Game Awards. <laughs> yeah, this is another one that didn't get anything really. Uh, that was like an, another two week of, of hype game. Yeah, uh, Cyberpunk finally uh, ended on a good note. <laughs> yeah, fi- yeah, finally got yeah. to where it should have been yeah. years ago. Yeah, eventually. I, I'm sorry, guys. I I thought this would be fun to kind of find something positive. I thought it'd be a little easier. To find. It is not. It is not. Yeah, it's, that was real wishful thinking, Chris. It's, I try to be an optimist sometimes. Uh, yeah, you know what? But no, like it, it really is like yeah, like it's a good it's a good sentiment because I think there is there 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 really is far too much uh, negativity mm-hmm. uh, like within not not just like in in on the internet period, but like within like the gaming space right so to try to really to try to think like it's 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 something that like like i think we all need to practice a little bit more is just like like you know uh looking for the positives and yeah 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 but it is it's so hard this 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 industry makes it impossible (laughs) well 100 100 percent uh, Scott Pilgrim came really, back. That's a yeah, that's the thing that happened. Yeah, that was that's fun. Barbenheimer was a fun thing. It existed. Yeah, for for people in America. I was gonna say I've I've not seen another movie yet. I'm finally gonna get the chance to watch Barbie now that's on Crave. But uh, yeah, I can't. Even oh, talk Barbie about was that. good. I'm still I'm very, still I'm very curious about watching, that one. Uh, Barbie. Yeah, very curious to see how that turns out. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Really, it's a lot of yeah. it is a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It has it has its uh you know it's it's just it's a really it's a really charming movie. It's really funny. Um, it like it's it's not like you know oh it doesn't beat you over the head with its themes like you know no no yeah like it, I mean it has its moment. It has its one big like moment in the middle uh, where you know American Ferrera gives like a big speech and it is it is genuinely like inspiring, um and and honest. But it's not like the whole movie is just like feminism. It's yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. I think anyone I mean, that says it, it, it is, it, it had every right to be. But the fact that it yeah, doesn't, sure. it like manages such a such a balance of like fun watchability mm-hmm. and like positive message. Without so, question, I agree with that. I think uh, I also in terms in terms of movies too. You know, Mario came out and was genuinely good (laughs) that that best adaptation race last last week or two weeks ago for the game Mm -hmm. awards that was that was a tough one yeah that Um, was that was my pick all the way oh 100 i agree with that um the fact that that movie turned out good is nothing amazing in itself um because i mean i was optimistic but even i when they cast pratt was like really guys like this is is what you're going with 
Hey, he's um, Garfield now, okay? You the, yeah, I was going to say, the Garfield thing. That is just... <laughs> I gave him a chance on Mario, but I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah. um, I, saw, I, saw a great, I saw a great meme, too, that was like like Chris Pratt doing Mario, and it's just like, hey, I'm Chris Pratt. And then it's like uh, Robert Pattinson and the boy and the heron. <laughs> he's like actually doing a voice. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually acting. Um, Hello, all right, well... Chris Pratt. That exercise didn't go great, but uh, I mean, it, it let's, let's try. Let's try this. Let's try this. What try. are you excited about next year? Uh, since this is our last one, twenty twenty three. Okay. Um, we got a whole new blank slate. <laughs> what kind of things are on the horizon, or you think might be on the horizon, that uh, are kind of exciting for you? Um, I'll 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 throw it out there. We might get okay. a successor to the Switch this year, and that could be pretty <gasps> yes. exciting. That is yeah. true. Yeah, that is that is that has been. I mean, we've seen a lot of rumors, so I'm still gonna I'm gonna be cautiously optimistic. But it does seem like with with how everything is sort of sh- uh, like shaken out with like you know certain believable leaks and and like tech demos and stuff um, for tech demos in the sense that like mm-hmm. industry people got to got to see like hand, like some some potential hardware. I think yeah, right. closed doors closed doors meetings happened at yeah the um, Gamescom. I think it was what was it? yeah. And uh, so it's yeah, it's possible. And I mean, it's not like this. the The first switch lo- uh, launched in March, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we got like a, an announcement for it sometime like early, early next year. Yeah, because that was like January, and then launched mm-hmm. in March. I think it was right when they did the big yeah. blowout stream with the snapping and all that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, Jan- yeah. I mean, the, the initial the initial launch trailer was the was October mm-hmm. of what was it twenty nine. Or twenty sixteen. So launched yes, twenty seventeen, and then yeah, and then the March of twenty seventeen it launched. So I think like the big big demo, you're right, was like January or maybe February. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was early January when they like they kind of came back from the holidays mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But either way, it was like I, a, I, I think it was two month turnaround. Um, from like huge reveal to, to actually on shelves. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll happen until the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Because we do, we know for sure there's nothing in their in their fiscal calendar for the year um, to indicate that they would be launching it, you know, in the like before March essentially. Right. Um, but I do think it's possible, and the, that in itself is pretty exciting. I'm very curious to see how they build upon the switch, um, especially since you know this will be the first one essentially without any hand on the ball from Awada. Mm-hmm. Like Awada had like you know he consulted on the switch like the, the his handprint is on that system this will be the first time they haven't had that legendary influence there so right yeah i'm very curious to see where they go from from the biggest thing <laughs> they've done i'm just interested to see how what is new about it and what really can be new about it without upsetting people because i mean it's such a big seller that they could do it in numerous ways, make a completely new platform, make it so it's compatible to some extent, uh, similar to Xbox One to Xbox Series X, or they can go completely different. If all the rumors are true, it's based on the same chipset. So similar to how a smartphone, you might have the new smartphone, and you could play all the old smartphone games, uh, but does not take away the fact it still works. Mm-hmm. It, it would it would seem to me that I think that's probably the the thing that people want the most because like the fundamental design of the switch is pretty solid and sort of what makes it unique, right? So like just expanding the architecture a bit so that it can you know handle some more like demanding games, it can run games a little bit smoother, like um, but not losing the fact that like you know the, the detachable Joy Cons are really a selling feature for that, like being able to just sort of take it anywhere and play it with friends. Um, like it it needs to sort of and then for for the sake of backwards compatibility as well like it would need that that element so that you can still sort of play certain games that require you to have separate joy cons um i i I couldn't see it changing too much but just like you know kind of like the way like the 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 ds went from the dsi or whatever like you know just a sleeker design uh, like some some better uh components like internally and you know some some new games that can actually handle what it's like what it's capable of or even like the ds to the 3ds too where it was like a very similar yeah. form factor but you know something huge changed about it for the next like for the next gen 
that still mm-hmm. embrace the old gen. So yeah, that being said, I mean, a lot of talk uh, like instantly leads to like, oh, it's going to be underpowered or it's only going to be like, you know, it's going right. to be behind, you know, the PS5 and stuff like that. Just remember as we go into the year of, of more hype, because we're only going to get more and more rumors about it. Mm-hmm. Nintendo doesn't need to be cutting edge technology. They've no, always I don't think been, it never has. It's never been their thing. Stop trying to make it their thing. <laughs> like, yeah. They no. they could basically and, strap a, a chip to a potato and still make amazing games. So one hundred percent. And that that's that is definitely definitely the the testament. And 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 like, listen, sometimes it bothers me as much as the next guy. Like you know, even when I like boot up Breath of the Wild and certain areas it drops to like ten frames a second. You know that is frustrating. Mm-hmm. I I I wish they could you know fix that aspect at least <laughs> right um so you know something with a little bit more power but just like the where they where they have stood out always is in their game design and it's like you mm-hmm. don't need a super powered com- uh you know computer in your hand to be able to do that you know right like again like one of the biggest stand one of the things that i love the most about mario wonder is just like how well designed it is like it's it's gameplay is super fun it doesn't you know the fact that it's a smaller game lends a lot to how well it runs but you know even if it even if it wasn't you know it just it's it's it excels in the design category that and it's something and that's what makes the switch special right right to that point yeah like that that was really illustrated well for me this year with a non-Nintendo game, uh, Sonic Superstars. Okay. Uh, really fun Sonic game. Has that fun 2D Sonic feel. But the level design, it's fine. It's good levels or mm-hmm. good level design. But it's not quite at the level of like the Genesis games or even Sonic Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I can't put my finger exactly on it. Too. <laughs> but uh, what? Sorry. I heard the boss fights were really bad too. Uh, uh... Sonic boss they're fights not are the be- not the best. <laughs> uh, I haven't actually no robot in a honest, car, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah, there was one boss in particular that kind of drove me nuts, but um, yeah, boss fights are always weird in Sonic because mm-hmm. you have to slow down essentially, and that's just yeah, anti or antithetical to the whole formula. But like, yeah, for like playing that made me appreciate just how Nintendo has. I don't, I don't know what it is about it. Again, I can't put my finger on this either, but. Right they have that universal ability to make things fun for like huge audiences, like certain Mario mm-hmm. or certain Nintendo things are just f- absolute joy for like mm-hmm. young kids and older, like older people who aren't gamers. They can cross such a spectrum. Um, and really that's more important than, you know, the specs they could, they, they could release the Wii, their new stuff for the Wii U right now. That would be better than anything putting out on other platforms. Um, if they have if they have a design for it so yeah that's uh that's what's on my radar or my big story uh, uh any uh, any other things uh for 2024 you guys are looking forward to i maybe we might see kind of how the um actors and blizzard merger changes mm. the gaming landscape because i think it could do quite a bit but what it actually does i don't know that will be very, uh, very interesting. Very interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they've been kind of regrouping. I have to imagine after that prolonged uh, acquisition process. Without so question, I imagine really it's kick into. Yeah, that's my thinking. It could do a lot of interesting things, or it could do a lot of weird things. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm still skeptical about it. Like, I don't think, I don't think it'll change much if anything okay. because because you know Zenimax or no sorry not Zenimax uh, Microsoft having bought <laughs> Zenimax you know has like 20 good studios under its belt and it has done next to nothing with them like yeah that's it, you're not wrong so you know having Activision Blizzard I can see it just means okay the next like Diablo thing or Overwatch or something gets to be Xbox exclusive now have fun with that you know 
because they <laughs> sure as hell said Bethesda games weren't going to be an Xbox exclusive and changed their tune on that really fast. Oh, no, without question. So it's like good for Microsoft, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's just that. And that's just like that's uh, you know that's just that's just the industry. That's just been happening now. Like it's all these these sort of like pseudo monopolies yeah. that are being formed. It's I I be I would be genuinely surprised. You know, mm-hmm. again, I want to be optimistic and think maybe they'll be okay about it. But I can't. When when money like that is involved, I can't see like this meaning anything for the game industry except Microsoft gets all the, the Activision Blizzard games now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it will be interesting to see how that changes the tides of things. Um, because I mean, honestly, Xbox hasn't had a whole lot of exclusive stuff going on. Um, so what happens when they have, you know, some of the biggest third party stuff under their belt now? Yeah. Um, and decisions they make, they are a big, big fish in the pond now like the things they do could really set a precedent yeah they have i mean to be fair, i think sony still has more gaming influence weirdly mm-hmm. enough yeah it's just so big on that front well yeah and then to, to see where they go this year too because they have yeah. a lot of uh a lot of <laughs> a lot of eyes on them right now so mm-hmm. yeah well, i think sony's definitely been a lot better too recently for like um exclusive titles and again like that's yeah that's for the longest time, I think it's still to this day fairly true that like that's the reason you buy a console. Like I was having a conversation yeah. with one of my buddies uh, on Saturday too. It was kind of like saying, you know, uh, saying that like um, the Xbox Series X is like a better system than the PS5, and I was kind of like, mm, they're kind of the same. Like I think technically this the PS5 has more dedicated RAM so it theoretically can yeah. be more powerful. Yeah, cuz I don't know, he was I think I think he was just speaking more or less anecdotally that like the 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 Series X has like faster load times and it's like better and it's got like better hardware and I was kind of like that really hasn't been true for a long time. Like even like the, yeah. even, like the PS3 and the 360, they both had sort of like the same like internal processor like they were more or less oh, yeah. the same. And like mm-hmm. that's just kind of the way consoles have been now. They're not like so radically different from each other. No, they're that very similar. A, yeah, like it, it's not even a selling. It was never. It was almost never true. Like when you know, even when Sega was trying to say it had better stuff than the Super Nintendo, it kind of didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's it's just it's not a thing. The reason why people buy systems is for their games, and like like you know, mm-hmm. to, to turn it back around too. Like people kind of just accept now that yeah, the Switch isn't a powerful powerful console everybody knows it right but yeah. the reason that it sells like gangbusters is because people want to play mario and zelda and kirby and pikmin mm, yeah. and all this shit so like that's why you're going to be buying a system and if if microsoft has all these these consoles but mm-hmm. it's doing nothing with them then it's like what reason is there to buy an xbox for the promise of a potential game they might have like yeah, I it don't might, think Game Pass. Game some... Pass is the big thing still, but I mean, even that PS is the Plus one thing. Does, yeah. PS Plus yes. has that essentially covered something thing very similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it, it does the same thing it essentially. It is. It is more expensive than Game Pass, though, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're pretty close. The, the, It'd be like, like a dollar or so, I think. Yeah. Um, I I, the... they both have both have increased their prices recently, so I don't know the top of my head, but uh, they are very close. Because um, it's uh, $11 a month for Game Pass. Is that just the basic? Like, is there like another? Um, well, because they got rid of uh, Xbox Live this year. So now there's like Game Pass Core, and Game Pass Ultimate. And... Yeah, Ultimate. Yeah. So, and then what? The, the PlayStation um, like gold or so like platinum edition or whatever it is like, there's uh the essential premium or sorry essential extra and premium or something like that uh yeah, the extra is, is very like... very on par with game pass like of course you don't get like what exclusive stuff xbox does have you know halo infinite and gears and stuff like that but you know i think the difference is kind of negligible <laughs> yeah yeah Especially um, playstation games <laughs> yeah the other, the other, or the other advantage is that the Xbox Series can be cheaper at times than the PS5. Like, 
you know, PS5 Slim goes for 650 Canadian yeah. currently, right? I like you get a game with part of like the holiday promotions. Mm. But uh, as as of recording, I think the PS or the series, the series X is on sale for like 500, with the Series S for like okay. 300. Right. So like that is a bit of a slight edge. That extra bit of cash, if you get it on sale, can make a huge difference. But yeah, what are you playing on after that though, right? Like you're not getting exclusive stuff, so it's six of one, half dozen of another, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's a. Uh, as good a place as as any to uh, kind of wrap it up there. I mean, it's it, uh, it's sad that we it was it was meant to be kind of uplifting, and we talked so much about the downsides of things, but it's just kind of the way well, the industry is right now. Yeah, and and I think I think like kind of like way the way we started it. I think the best way to end it is probably to like because the industry is not going to change, but we can at least still like have some enjoyment of like the games because. You know, like next year, we're getting a new fantasy life, which is amazing. We're getting a new right. Professor Layton, which is amazing. We're getting like a, a you know a Princess Peach game that looks awesome. Um, it does look really cool. That's what I mean. Like so, you know, there's we are still getting like a lot of good games. So right, whole, you know, we can we can we can hope and we can try as hard as we can to affect mm-hmm. change in the industry. I think like, and I think seeing it now it it does seem to it's it does seem to like to to be that the winds are changing a little bit just because i have I mean, seen I a hope. lot of stuff well yeah hope hope and that's a good thing to hold on to because yeah. like like i i've been seeing a lot of more a lot more people now talking about like like the game awards and how it does feel kind of like it's failing right. the industry and it's it's not do like mm-hmm. it's 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 too much of a of a like an advertisement fest and a sort of like a just a celebration right. of of bad business and it's not you know it didn't do enough to 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 really touch on like the actual problems mm-hmm. that were happening this year right mm-hmm. and there does seem to be a lot more um, eyes on the on the on the problems of like, right. these like these mass layoffs of, of the way that game devs are treated so you know with with small pushes forward like we saw. Um, um, who was it uh, that actually formed a union? Um, I can't remember now, but it was there was a, this one small group of devs, right, that actually like managed to form a, a union for game developers. Like we just we need to see more pushes forward, and you know, like like again, we're we're responsible too. Like as as journalists, we need to be a little bit mm-hmm. more um, committed to to standing behind the issues and and not really like just focusing on the the parts of the industry that are like that are interesting to us and right. you know as much as and, and and play the game as best as we can obviously i know it's a, it's it's hard to do it's a hard balancing act yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens next year in a lot of fields cuz you know we just had the writer strike the actor strike um there's the push for unionization within the industry game actor or video game voice actors are on that cusp of unionizing too like uh the fallout from all the layoffs that have happened this year right it's gonna be an interesting year hopefully in a more optimistic positive way <laughs> but i mean uh, yeah. we can all hope yeah right yeah, yeah it's gotta, I, gotta I, have something i think i think yeah there, there's hopefully good things are coming in. and like i said there's there's still like there's lots of good stuff in there too like the indie space mm-hmm. still has like lots of really interesting projects happening people really like passionate about games or still making games and, and right. finding ways to do it you know without uh without certain like you know bureaucratic uh restrictions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there are there are avenues for that we just we think we all just need to do a little bit a little bit better on focusing on it i mean i feel that there's been more attention than ever to the problems in the industry mm-hmm. this year like there's more and more stories there's more like people yeah. agreed basically bringing up the problems and not just letting it kind of, you know, fall by the wayside. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully we can kind of keep building keep, off keep, keep of pressure. Yeah. yeah exactly. Keep building keep up pressure. that uh, the attention, keep, you know, voting with your wallets and, and, yep. and such. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to do it for us for this Super year. Stand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to read more on most of these topics, uh, for the reviews and the, most of the games we covered here. Uh, you can find full coverage at cgmagonline.com. 
Uh, be sure to follow CG Magazine on all, on all the socials. Just search CG Mag, you'll find us. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to podcast at cgmagonline.com. Uh, Jordan, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube at Ninja Jordan Reviews. <laughs> you can find me at. What? Uh, <laughs> Got you drink it. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Uh, you can find me at bfry26 on all the socials. And uh, I'm on them at uh, at Hukafi. Um So yeah, on behalf of all of us here at CG Mag. Uh, thanks for your support in 2023, and uh, we wish you happy holidays and uh, all the best in 2024. Woo! Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll, we'll catch you next year. Mm-hmm.